If you're sick of the mainstream sports outlets, well, so was I. So I started my own show. I'm Shane Larson, and this is the Game Time Guru. It's different than other talk shows. I'm providing a panoramic view on sports so you can see them through a different lens. So buckle up and let's go. What is going on, everybody? Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and today we're bringing on another amazing guest to share their story with us in the sports world. Now, I wanted to bring on this guest because I have followed Boise State football since I was six years old, and today we're bringing on the former voice of the Boise State Broncos to tell us about his journey. He just recently announced his retirement from radio, and I wanted him to share his entire his entire story with us so that we could get the background history from it. So I've got Paul J. Schneider joining me, and I think you guys are going to love it. Before we get started with that interview, though, I wanted to kind of go over a few things with you, break down a few things, show you what's going on with the, with the show itself. So we have had so much tremendous growth and I and I like to give you guys updates because my listeners are the reason for this. So so many amazing uh, amazing things have happened to the show. I've started a newsletter which I need to get better at as being more consistent in publishing, but if you want to sign up for it go to gtgnewsletter.com. Again, that's gtgnewsletter.com and you can sign up to receive the weekly newsletter. Now, I'm going to be working on a couple of things for that newsletter. I also have some merchandise that I'm going to continue to make. Uh, shirts, if you guys want to buy a shirt, let me know. I'll get you guys a shirt and get you some some clothing that you can rep for the Game Time Guru. Um, we've had some amazing guests, some amazing opportunities to, to see the different stories, and I've got more coming along the way. We've been in contact with a lot of different people. So this show is continuing to grow, and I hope that uh, we can continue to keep it on this this train of rolling just forward with all this momentum as we've landed some amazing guests. So uh, without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest today, the former voice of the Boise State Broncos, uh, the man behind one of my very favorite calls in football history at the Boise State Oklahoma Fiesta Bowl uh, when they said, take it away, Paul J. This is Mr. Paul J. Schneider. So please listen to our interview that we had just the other day and uh, we'll get rolling. Paul, thanks so much for joining us here on the Game Time Guru podcast. My pleasure, Shane. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. It's an honor to have you on the show. I um, want to go back in time. We're gonna we're gonna rewind the clocks here a little bit before 1973 when you became the voice of the Boise State Broncos. I want to know when it was in your life that you decided that you know sports media was kind of the way you wanted to go, or this, I guess, the media route was the way you wanted to to take your profession and your career. You know, it's some, somewhere around the seventh grade. In fact, um, my seventh grade school yearbook had uh, my my best friend Dennis Bacon pitching in the World Series and uh, me broadcasting the game. That was back in the seventh grade. So uh, even back then, I had uh, harbored those uh, dreams of being behind the microphone uh, describing play-by-play. Right on. And was there anybody that you looked up to as far as like a sportscaster or anything like that that you kind of looked up to as your role model? Yeah, you know, I grew up in the Midwest and, and, you know, listened to Lindsey Nelson a lot, Bob Elston calling the Chicago Cubs, Harry Carey down in St. Louis. Uh, You could hear all of those guys at night. I used to to, uh, lay in bed at night and listen to all these different broadcasters. And um, I just thought that 
That'd be a great way to make a living. Right? That's an awesome way to make a living. And there's so many people that think the same exact thing. They want to make a living doing that, but they don't ever do it. You actually executed and became one of the best to do it. So let's talk about your career when you came to Boise in 1973. Yeah, I came here in 1973 actually to do the weekend news on television on Channel 2. And that also encompassed doing... uh, a nighttime radio broadcast on KBOI radio. So uh, that's why I came to Boise. I was in TV here for almost 10 years, but for a, a great deal of that time, I was doing play-by-play first at the high school level and then at the Boise State level. Super cool. So you've been with this program, around this program, for such a long time, um, from the early 70s all the way through. So can you give us some insight on your overall thoughts on the the growth of the program, not only for football but for basketball, just the the major athletic program growth that you've seen during your time here covering the sports for Boise State University? When I started uh, broadcasting uh, from the Boise State, uh, Bronco Stadium, if you will. It was an old wooden stadium, and it faced a different way than the current Bronco Stadium does. And I used to do high school games uh, in that stadium. Uh, they built the uh, the shell of what is to be and what now is Alberton Stadium in 1971. And when I started in 1973, the, the football stadium consisted of uh, two levels on the west side, one level on the east side uh, had uh, green grass, of course, and seated about 14,000 and did not resemble in any way the Albertson Stadium of today. The basketball team played in the old Boise gym, which is uh, still across the parking lot. You know, they use it for volleyball now. But uh, it was, uh, I don't know, maybe seated maybe uh, 16, 18,000, 16, 18 hundred uh, for basketball games. So um, those were the only two athletic facilities on campus at that point in time. So with all we have today, uh, we've come a long, long way. Oh, yeah. I, I, we've definitely come a long way. It's insane to see how much growth has happened in, comparatively speaking, such a small amount of time, such a short period. Um, now, I've been following Boise State Athletics since I was six years old. It's my school that I graduated from, but I've also grown up in the Valley, so I've been following them, both the football team and the basketball team, the, the programs, I should say. And, you know, in the, the late 90s, it was the basketball program that was on top with, like, Roberto Bergerson, Jerry Washington, and even up through there, we had, you know, the early 2000s, they were they were still competing. Um, and the Boise State football team was at the lower end of everything. And in the earlier 2000, and, you know, the 2000s, um, that's when the Boise State football team started to take off and the basketball team kind of took a back seat to it. So I'm kind of curious to what your thoughts are in regards to this. Would you have preferred while you were covering them to see both organizations have the success or did you, you know, not mind having one takeover, like one that was dominant over the other? Or would you prefer having them both, you know, have that same success at the same time? You know, it does, it did seem, and everybody always wondered why we couldn't have a good season in football and in basketball at the same time. The first year, 1973, I broadcast uh, football. They went undefeated in the Big Sky Conference and went to the Pioneer Bowl in Wichita Falls, Texas, uh, you know, 
And then the second year, they went to the Division II playoffs again back in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. In the third year, uh, you know, they I think it was Northern Michigan came to Boise State again in the Division II playoffs. And then in 1976, you know, right after that, uh, Steve Connor and the Boise State basketball team won the uh, Big Sky basketball tournament down at Weber State and played UNLV in the NCAA tournament. So in my first four years, we had three football teams in postseason play and one basketball team. And I said, man, I've really landed well here. And then, you know, as, as the teams moved up from Division Two to Division One AA, there was a dead spot in there. And it wasn't until the Bobby Dye teams of the late 80s and 90s, early 90s, that uh, Boise State achieved prominence again in basketball. And as you mentioned, at that time, there was a little slide in uh, Boise State football. Yeah, exactly. But at least the programs are doing well now. You know, the, the men's basketball and women's basketball programs are good. And, you know, they're fun to watch as well as the football team. So it's it's right there where it's exciting for fans all year round. They don't have to just watch the fall for football and then have a whole year off. At least they get, you know, a little bit of the basketball programs, too, to, to be exciting and, and have that entertainment. Um, now, we're going to switch gears a little bit. Uh, Paul, you mentioned that in previous interviews, I've, I've seen you mention your connection with Pokey Allen, the former Boise State football coach that, you know, passed away. And you mentioned your, you know, the strong influence that he had on you and this connection that you had. And I wanted to take this as an opportunity for you to talk about that a little bit for us and share your experiences and uh, share that connection and, and elaborate on why the relationship with Pokey Allen was so good and so strong. That was, that was such a bittersweet time for Boise State. Uh, you know, Pokey got so sick, and the timing was just was terrible. I mean, when we went back for the national championship game, I can remember sitting on the bus waiting for Pokey Allen. And then he comes out, he's got this uh, bandage on his arm, and he's got a little thing, and, and um, you know, he had, had cancer, and it got really, really bad. And I used to do pregame interviews with him, and he would be laying on the couch in his uh, football office, and he would be prone, laying on his back, while I did the pregame interviews. He was so, so sick. And one of the happiest moments, biggest moments of my broadcast career was a game down at uh, New Mexico State uh, where he won his first Division One game. And, you know, he, he wasn't 1AA. It was a, a Division One game. And uh, he took over for Tom Mason, who was coaching most of that year after he was very sick. And uh, it, it, it was an incredible time. And then, of course, the loss to the University of Idaho and his death uh, followed that shortly. It was uh, it was a bittersweet time, but I've never seen anyone show the grace and the courage that he showed at that time. You know, it's interesting that you bring up the New Mexico State game. I was just a little kid when that game happened, and I do remember watching it um, and seeing the victory, and I didn't understand, obviously, what was going on back then with the coach, and I didn't understand everything behind it, but I did remember hearing everybody talking about how big of a win that was, and now I understand why. Um, it had more to do than just, you know, football. It was such a big win for the program, uh, for the coach and everyone. So, you know, speaking of coaches – 
Paul, I, I kind of want to go back since you've been able to cover this program for, for quite a while. You've seen some amazing coaches. You've seen Coach Pokey Allen. You saw Houston Nutt, Dirk Cutter, Dan Hawkins, Chris Peterson, now Brian Harson. Yeah, we've gone through tons of coaches, obviously, even before that. And and I want to know, do you have do you think one of these coaches impacted the program in a more major way? Like did someone have a major benefit to the program more so than the others? Or do you think they all impacted the program in a different way? Yeah, they were all impactful in a different way. We really started to to surge forward, I think, uh, with Houston Nutt in that one year he had, despite the fact I think he had a losing record in that year and got uh, beat by a lopsided margin in, in his first game, with the results of which were overturned uh, because uh, Cal Northridge used an, an ineligible player. But then they almost beat Wisconsin, and they beat, you know, they, they they started getting a national profile, and then uh, Dirk stepped them up once, uh, you know, Houston was gone. He was only here a year, and then it, it was like a stair step. Dirk got him a little better. Hawk got him a little better, and then, you know, they reached the, the zenith uh, when Chris Peterson was here. And, uh, you know, Harson, you know, went to a Fiesta Bowl and won the first year he was here, and it's it's just been – incredible that Boise State has reached the level they have reached. And, you know, the reasons are many, a lot of support from the community, a lot of support from the administration, good coaches, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's been a tremendous ride in basketball. You know, they've won, they've had six 20 win seasons in a row. So they're doing pretty good themselves. Oh, yeah. It's really good time for, you know, basically just the athletic programs, like we said, for Boise State University. I mean, you've got them all pretty much rolling together, right? Olympic sports are doing well, too. The women, uh, they won a lot of championships last year as well. Exactly. They're doing great. They're doing great, just like we mentioned. And now, Paul, you've had a lot of games that you've covered, you know, football, basketball, whatever, right? You've covered some good games. Do you have a top game or maybe a top two that you've covered during your, you know, play-by-play career? Well, uh, the obvious, uh, you know, is, is the uh, first Fiesta Bowl when uh, Boise State beat Oklahoma. That, yeah, I mean, you know, one of the best football games, arguably the best college football game ever played. Uh, pretty hard to top that one. Although the TCU win with the fake punt a couple of years later in the Fiesta Bowl, uh, you know, when they were really, really good, ranked in the top five in the nation, that was another tremendous win. I thought basketball, you got to look a little deeper. A lot of uh, tournament wins in the, in the uh, Big Sky tournament back in the days when Idaho was really good, Boise State was really good. They would duel it out back and forth. Uh, those were fun times, and um, did, I've, I've been blessed to uh, call so many great, great games that uh, it's really hard to single them out. I bet it is hard, man, and I, I just want to share an experience with you. I had this pen, like a writing pen that I had in Brazil, and my parents sent it to me there while I was living there on a mission, and um, it, when you clicked it, it had the sound bite of the final call when you, you know, they'll talk about this for years to come. And then, you know, there's the whole take it away, Paul J. They'll talk about it. And it was the full, the full call. And I used to click it all the time and nobody there even knew what it was, but they always wanted to hear that pen. So I would always click it. And, and I'd hear that all the time when I was living in Brazil, it made me so happy. It, seriously, that whole call 
brought so much peace and happiness into my life. Gary Stevens, the jockey, whenever I'd see him, he'd come up to me and go, they'll talk about this for years to come. That's so awesome. Yeah, that is the best call, in my opinion, in sports because I was at the game, and when I hear it, it just brings so much happiness to my to my soul. So, Paul, you've been, you know, you finished up in 2008 with, you know, calling the basketball season, and that was the final, you know, voice of the Broncos, so to speak. But for, like, the last 10 years, you've been working for KBOI. It's been a total of 51 years. You said that you've been working in the radio station and doing that, and, and you've recently just mentioned that you, you're going to be retiring. And in regards to retiring – I had a, a baseball player, a former professional baseball player on the show, and he mentioned, you know, when he was ready to, 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 you know, hang him up, so to speak, he said it was when he knew, like when he got onto the field to play baseball and he wasn't having fun anymore, that's when he knew it was time. Like if he wasn't happy and he wasn't having fun, it wasn't fun to him to get onto the field anymore, he needed to hang him up. And so I guess my question for you, Paul, for, you know, media, when did you know that it was the right time to, you know, call it good um, for your career? I kind of thought I would do it last year in my 50th year in broadcasting here in Boise, but I wasn't quite ready. And then uh, I, I had some health issues, and and I kind of came around and got healthy again. And, and you know, that was a wake-up call for me. It's time for me to spend some quality time with my wife and my daughter, who lives in Austin, Texas. We'll go see a few Longhorn games down there. And it really has... Uh, you know, I don't know, there's some, something that clicks, and you know that, uh, you know, maybe you don't want to get up in the morning every morning anymore, and you want to spend more time in Arizona in the winter and things like that. It's, it's time. It's time for me. For sure. And you've had an amazing career, Paul Jay, and I appreciate you joining me and sharing your journey with us. Um, it's been an awesome interview, and I hope you enjoyed it too. So thank you so much, sir. All right, thank you. It's good to talk to you. Thank you so much, sir. I appreciate it. And you guys know the drill. We're going to be here every single week with more interviews. I hope you guys enjoyed this one with Paul J. Schneider, former voice of the Boise State Broncos. Uh, he just had so much information to share, and it, it's always nice going back down memory lane with some of the calls that he's made. So hope you guys enjoyed it. You know the drill. We'll talk to you next week. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars, and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.